there's nothing wrong with having you know a couple of days off here if you really need it or you know this one session oh I've got something really important I need to do and it would make me feel a lot better if I can go and do that and then you know I think you've got to find this flexibility to to get the best out of you as a person rather than you know you as a swimmer welcome to the propulsion swimming podcast where we aim to give swimming the coverage and publicity it deserves Every week, we celebrate the sport we love with amazing special guests and topics from around the swimming pool. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Dan. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Dan, and a swimmer with one of the best feel-good comeback stories around in British swimming. Yeah, hey everyone. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this one with so many different things we could chat about with our guests, including his amazing comeback in the sport, uh, proving that comebacks can be done. It's a great story of trusting your ability, uh, believing in yourself, and by doing that you're able to achieve a dream. Yes, so please welcome on to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, Wickham District Swimmer and a member of Team England at this summer's Birmingham Commonwealth Games, Adam Barrett. Adam, thank you for joining us this week. How are things with you? No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. Great stuff. I think to kick things off, rather than us giving everyone a rundown of your career, why don't you take our listeners through your journey in the sport of swimming? Okay, right. Um, so, you know, I just swam as a kid. Um, I started off a small club. Uh, well, no, not a small club. Quite a big club, really. Um, Reading Swimming Club was where I started. Um, then when I was about 15, 16, I moved across to Tilehurst Swimming Club, which is in the same sort of region, but just a slightly smaller club, um, which is coincidentally where I, I coach now. Um, and then from there, went on to Loughborough University. Um, it was always a pretty pretty decent sort of junior swimmer like going to nationals getting into finals that sort of stuff um but then it wasn't really till i went to up to loughborough and maybe in my second year um things started to click for me um and then we started started moving things on a little bit more so i was in like the university program up there for three years um then moved into the was it national center whatever they call them now um i'm not sure um for maybe three more years after that and then whilst I was in there that was when I sort of qualified for a few teams went to Commonwealths in 2014, Worlds 2015, um, a couple of world short courses in there as well so um, from there I think sort of went back into the university program for my last couple of years up there and then sort of stopped swimming um, in 27, summer of 2017 roughly um around that time and then you know was off for four years um and made a comeback around this time last year near enough um probably a little bit before that but i'm pretty sure there was a edinburgh not not edinburgh glasgow meet around this time last year which was the first competition i did back basically so roughly around four years near enough um and then you know as you guys um said in your intro there managed to qualify for commonwealth games this year coming up um yeah, so it's pretty exciting stuff. It's an amazing story. I mean, there's so much to unpack on this episode, uh, like your coaching, your comeback into swimming. But let's first of all start off with your selection for that Commonwealth Games. Um, congratulations. What were your initial thoughts when you got the call-up? Oh, thank you. Um, you know, just very happy, like, proud and happy, really, I'd say. Um, you know, I saw the qualifying standards come out 
maybe about just under a year ago and really when I came back I never really thought about swimming long course meets really again I came back to swim at the ISL and that was the main reason but then I saw the qualifying times for the Commonwealths with it being home games as well I was like right this could be this could be quite fun could be worth um could be worth doing um and you know they had it for the 50 fly I thought right that's a that's a good shot uh, you know I can get that um obviously they take three per event as well which just meant you know the qualification was 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 there you know I, it was certainly achievable um within sort of the the time frame and um sort of like my training environment and all that sort of stuff and you know it was just you know great to get myself back up there to be honest and um looking forward to to walking out there in the summer you know to a crowd of english people hopefully mm. um it would be be fantastic you say it was ISL that brought you back to swimming. We, we've we discussed on this podcast, we thought the money that was involved in it was keeping swimmers around, but I'm guessing you're one of the only ones who outwardly says it literally brought you back to the sport. How important was, well, how important was the money for you to sustain a career in swimming and come back? You know, it's a massive factor. You know, swimming takes up a lot of time really um and if you're not supported by anybody funded by your government um well not your government your your um, national governing body um you know really trying to find the time to fund yourself or people willing to fund you is incredibly difficult i mean i always found it quite difficult um and to see i sort of saw was it the second season of the isl and i got sort of wind of the sort of money people were getting from doing it and i thought oh, do you know what I've been really competitive in this environment, you know, short course was always my, you know, my strength. I knew that, I knew I was, you know, probably a lot better at that than I was long course swimming. Um, and I was looking, I was just sitting at home thinking, you know, I could still do a job for, in this environment, you know, I've just got to get myself back into it and see what happens, you know, and then hopefully things will progress and you know I can get back to sort of racing in that environment obviously I need the team to take a massive punt on me um, mm. and luckily one did um, and yeah but, you know I thought it was fantastic I thought the whole setup um, you know you know it's, it's got its criticisms this we can't ignore that you know there's a lot of issues going around um, there's massive extenuating circumstances um, for other things that we won't get into too much but you know it's a tough you know, it's a tough time for a lot of people out there um, and it's, you know, it's greatly affected sort of like the league going forward. Um, but, you know, we're all positive that, you know, it should be back up and running next year sometime. Um, and for me, I just think it's such a uniquely positive way to keep swimmers engaged in the sport, mm. you know, and paying them like they're proper athletes. You know, at the end of the day, they are proper athletes. They deserve to get paid for what they are doing. They're entertaining people. They're doing things, you know, that are, yeah. you know, out of this world. They shouldn't be doing it for free. You know, not at all. So really, you know, it was a combination of me wanting to get back in and race again, and then also the like, the viability of you can fund yourself from doing it as well. Because mm. if you can fund yourself, you know. It, there's no point, really. Yeah. You know, as harsh as it is to say. Yeah. 
I mean, you say one of the teams took a punt on you. It, it turned out to be a pretty big team. I mean, Energy Standard is, you know, the the biggest, if not the second biggest. Uh, what was it like swimming under James Gibson and Coach Rushton and all of the top top class swimmers there? Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, James was, was my coach at Loughborough for three years between like 2014, 2016, 17, around that time. Um, but, you know, we hadn't been in contact in the years I'd been out of the pool or since he'd left Loughborough. So, you know, I was very grateful really to to get the call from him to say you know do you want to do you want to jump on board and like to be honest I was going in a bit um a bit green into the whole situation I, you know I, I hadn't really paid that much attention to swimming like top level swimming when I was out of the pool um so I didn't really realize sort of how good energy standard were um, and then when I got there I was like oh okay I've really landed on my feet here <laughs> like I've absolutely <laughs> You know, I've you know I've almost you know hit the jackpot a little bit, um, and you know, but I can't thank the guys enough for for giving me that opportunity, um, and then from then on, I was just trying to do everything I could to to repay that for them. How tough was it to jump back into elite level training after what three four years out of the pool? I don't know. I I wouldn't say I found it that difficult. Um, I think. That's probably because I kept myself physically fit in the time I was off. I didn't just like not do anything. I carried on gymming, you know, I kept myself in decent shape, not, you know, nothing like I was when I was training, but, you know, constantly just at a relatively fit level. So Mm. when it came to like get back into stuff, I already kind of had a, a bit of a base. I wasn't going from scratch, if you know what I mean. You know, it's not like, I remember, you know, remember when you're swimming years ago, you'd take like four or five weeks off over the summer, come back and you'd feel dreadful, like in the pool. I, I never really had that. Okay, I, you know, I used to swim maybe once every three weeks, once every two weeks, just jump in once every now and again after about taking six to eight months totally out of the pool. And I, I was just, you know, I was getting in and I was thinking, do you know what, I don't even feel too bad, really. You know, I couldn't get in and do... A super super long session but technically and physically it didn't feel too bad in the water so it kind of like very naturally progressed back into the the top level training you know don't get me wrong i s- still probably can't do things i used to be able to do but i'm um, having to find new things i can do better than i used to if you understand what i mean mm-hmm. and, and you do this training down at wickham is that that's well, under kev yeah combination um so okay. Uh, I, I get over to Wickham maybe four times a week and then I okay. do the rest of my sessions in a public pool near me or um, there's a couple of sessions at Tyler, that's where I coach, where I can jump in a lane and get stuff done there. Um, so, But, but my, my club is, yeah, Wickham. So what's it like training in, session, in, in a public session, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I'm extremely fortunate. I mean, I've been going to this pool for, since I stopped swimming. Um, and there's a great b- bunch of guys down there. Um, you know, there's about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten of them um, who, you know, they train together. I sort of, I sort of go down um, middle of the day, like um, sort of like 12 till 2, that sort of time frame. Um, and they're, you know, they're in there every day. They're great guys. They're, you know, they're so accommodating. Um and I got to know them a lot over the last 
you know, three or four years. So when I told them I was, you know, getting back in and swimming, you know, some sessions they're like, oh, you know, we'll join in with what you're doing. Or they're like, no, you can have the lane to yourself, you know, and the staff down there are great as well. Um, you know, I've never, never had a, an issue in my life uh, down there, really. Everybody's, everybody's great, to be honest. I know, I know, because I know there's lots of horror stories. Yeah, it sounds almost like an unofficial kind of master's club. It, well, I mean, you know, I think, really they would love to find a master's program for themselves but you know they, they they're able to do everything they want to do down there you know they do lots of like um channel swims and um and things like that so they you know they're they're, they're decent level of sw swimmers to be honest and you know it fits in with what i need to do perfectly well with these public sessions do you then write your own sessions uh, yeah i write all my own sessions yeah. So you've um, got a rough idea of periodization and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I plan everything out um, ahead of time. I do always have to be slightly adaptable, um, just because mm. of the nature of how the training works and how sort of like you know pool time and sometimes there's issues, sometimes at work. You know, I, I have to be very flexible with what I'm doing. So there's always like a, a guideline, and then. But if anything changes, we I need to quickly adapt, and there's always room and ways to do that. Um, so it's it's very much a no stress approach to everything. Mm. Um, I think when you start getting stressed and like sort of wound up, oh damn, I couldn't do this here or I couldn't do that there. It only snowballs, you know. You, you're not yeah. going to miss out on too much from that one one thing, and chances are you're probably going to be able to make it up in something different later on in the week. So it's just staying relaxed um, and making things work for, for me, um, you know, because I'm only training myself. I'm the only person I need to worry about in that environment. Um, so, you know, it's a lot more specific and adaptable. Mm. And that attitude comes from your experience through the sport. You've gone through it for so many years. You've also had that time away from the pool as well. And you know you can come back. So missing the odd session here and there when there's circumstances it's it's forgivable if that makes sense yeah i mean it it was a bit of an eye-opener really how not not how quickly but you know how you're almost conditioned to think everything matters all the time mm. and i think yeah you know you've got to be on it don't get me wrong you've got to be on it but there's nothing wrong with having you know a couple of days off here if you really need it or you know this one session oh i've got something really important i need to do and it would make me feel a lot better if i can go and do that and then you know i think you've got to find this flexibility to to get the best out of you as a person rather than you know you as a swimmer um mm. and I, I, that's kind of the approach i'm taking into to everything um nowadays yeah, I think recovery is seriously underrated. To be honest with you, it's the what it's what makes you go faster. It's what makes your muscles recover to be able to then, let's say, peak at commies. Hopefully for you, for example, I think it needs to be channeled more into age group and beyond. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like for me, re recovery's become massive now. Mm. You know, there's a lot of times with how my schedule works, so I'm either going straight from training to work or vice versa. Um, so, you know, it's making sure when I've got that downtime, you are relaxed, you are getting the best out of yourself. Otherwise, you know, I've had weeks where I'm just absolutely shattered by like Wednesday and, you know, I, I know, oh man, I'm not going to get anything positive out of the rest of this week unless I have a line in the morning. 
Um, so, you know, the session that was planned for the morning, you know, you've, that's got to be a line, you, you know, take it later on in the day, get that recovery in and move it on from there. Mm. Yeah. So the reason you're having to be so flexible of your sessions is, am I right in thinking, because you are coaching on poolside yourself and that is prime swimming yeah. time usually. Um, so I'm, yeah, so I'm head coach at um, Tyler's Swimming Club. Like I said, it's a club I came through. Well, not, not came through, but when I was like 15, I was 16, I moved there. Um, so it was the last club I was at before I went to university. Yeah, and I've been there for pretty much since the day I stopped swimming. Mm. Um, not as head coach, um, but, you know, now I'm in that role. Um, yeah, so most of the sessions we have are quite like early mornings, late in the evenings, you know, standard club swimming. Mm. You know, some evenings, you know, I don't finish till nine. Um, so it's finding essentially time during the day where I can swim, um, which I'm able to do over at Wickham. Um, you know, they're good enough over there that in the afternoons, they can often get in during the public sessions and have a lane because um, it's quite empty and we've worked that out with the pool, me and Kev, um, and they've been very accommodating with that sort of stuff. So, but that's only a couple of times a week when I'm in in the mornings over at Wickham because it's long course, it's easier for me to then fit in my stuff around what, the other swimmers are doing because I'm I'm very conscious that I don't want to get in the way of what they're doing as well because mm. it is their club and their environment as well you know I need to make sure that I'm not being a burden on you know the 20 other swimmers in the pool you know so I, I try and be as sort of incognito as possible basically um, and that's that comes more into the you know the flexibility of stuff and sessions as well you know if you know, I need to add something to a turnaround because, you know, all the swimmers are coming in to, t you know, I've got to do that. Um, yeah, so it's finding the time basically during the day, essentially, to, um, which was initially a challenge, um, but managed to f make it work. And I've managed to find a solution to, the, to that problem at the moment anyway. And what's it like with the swimmers that you coach? With you going to Commonwealth Games, you're an international swimmer. Do they look at you as a as a role model and sort of aspire to be you? Um, I, I mean, I, I I hope so, but I hope they actually look up to me more as a coach than as a swimmer. I try to keep my swimming stuff um, as separate as possible when I'm coaching the kids. Obviously, I'm going to, you know, take from past experiences and stuff like that. Mm. But I really don't want the focus to be me. The focus is them. So when I'm there, you know, entirely the focus is on coaching them. It's never, never about me at all. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, if kids come up to you and say, well done, I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. But as much as possible, I try to make it about the kids um, and, and not about me. In that is that something? Anyway. Is that something you you'd advise active swimmers to do if they are looking to get into coaching while they're still training? Kind of separate the two out completely. I think um, you have to. Um, well, I don't know if you have to, but I've certainly found it's the best way to do things. I think sometimes if you come into that sort of thing and you're still a swimmer, you know, chances are depending on your level, you're probably going to be a higher level than the kids you're coaching. Mm. You know, that's, that's probably what's going to be happening. So you have to then go into that environment and understand that they're all training for a different thing that you're training for. 
So if you come in with your attitude of I'm, you know, Mr. Big Time, you know, done this, done that, and you you bring that to everything they're doing, they're going to be in, intimidated, you know, and, mm. you know, so, so don't get me wrong, some of them will aspire to that, but there's going to be a lot of them thinking, oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. So I, I try not to have that way with them. I try to make it all about them, their positives, what they're doing right, what they're doing correctly. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I coach them in a way that I want them to be successful. But I never, well, one thing I never do is compare anything I would have done to what they do. Because I think that's error 101, basically, mm. if you start doing stuff like that. You need to understand that they're just, everyone's a different athlete. Um, and you're going to get a couple of kids that probably can do stuff you, you can do. And, but you'll get a, you know, a lot that aren't, but are still working towards doing that. And you, you know, you've got to have that patience and that, that understanding um, of that, I think. Mm. You stopped swimming and you immediately went into coaching. Was that always the game plan? Is that something you've always wanted to do? Um, I mean, not really. I just needed a job, <laughs> if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, and I just happened to text um, my old coach and ask if they need any help. Um, and, you know, here I am four and a half years later and I'm still there. Um, I think it was always something I was going to gravitate towards. Um, you know, I worked as a, a personal trainer as well in my years off um so that sort of coaching um mentoring whatever you want to want to call it i think is something that is innate in me um and it just seems to have worked out that way that i've sort of sort of found that really mm. what is it about yeah what is it about coaching that inside you 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 really enjoy is it the fact that you can create these path or help other swimmers along their their path um, yeah, I think there's that. Um, there's the sense that I want to be able to give these swimmers the advice and guidance that maybe I didn't receive at a young age, and that understanding and you know and the knowledge that comes with everything that I've you know been able to to do over you know my career, and sort of help educate them from a young age because I always going to university I was quite um you know I was severely uneducated in the world of swimming I sort of only really ended up at Loughborough because I got sort of like a reduced offer at the last minute you know I was on my way to Portsmouth before that you know I was just gonna swim down at Portsmouth didn't, didn't really think too highly of it it wasn't really till I went to university and got exposed to that environment that I started to understand oh okay this is how things are probably probably going to be done so I try to sort of expose them a little bit to that but not too much because you want to develop them to a point where that when they go off you know from you hopefully to bigger and better things they get that new stimuli from new environment and they get that excitement from being able to do all these new things um, so I try not to overload them with everything, but still keep them on the right path and, you know, give them the knowledge that they need to be successful. It sounds like you've got a real passion, enthusiasm for this coaching. What's, what's your aspirations? Where, how far do you want to take it? Um, to be honest, I don't really know is the honest answer. Um, I really like being part of the club I'm part of. It's a, you know, we're not a big club. 
we're not a big club, but I would rather sort of stay there and try and help it grow into something more successful over the next few years. Um, you know, we're based in Reading. Um, you know, I just think there's there's so much scope down in this sort of area near London to to have to have something successful as a as a club. Obviously, you've got Wickham. Um, 40 minutes down the road um but sort of that's a long journey i do it every day mm. so something maybe a bit closer to to this sort of area um you know we've got a university here we've got great transport links to london um i don't see why that can't be something we um we are look we're looking to to do over the next few years so i'd much rather maybe do that um than sort of be involved with all the um sort of elite level stuff mm -hmm. All of these answers to all the questions we've asked you about coaching, it's all extremely selfless. It's, it's kind of your whole attitude really towards coaching. It, it's really nice and refreshing. Um, but we're going to ask you to be a little selfish and talk about commies. It's coming up very, very soon. How much are you looking forward to them? I'm really excited. No, I, yeah, I really am excited to get out there. Be part of the team. Um, be surrounded by those sort of sort of swimmers again. That's what I sort of found when I went away with the ISL stuff. How much I enjoyed being part of that environment again. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, training on your own, you know, you can get everything done, but there's just something about being around a group of people all trying to do the same thing that's just so uplifting. Um, so I'm, you know, we're we've actually got a camp in a couple of weeks um, uh, in Lanzarote for I think some of us who aren't aren't going to Worlds that we're, we're heading out to. Um, so that's going to be a great, great chance to just, you know, get around some people, um, you know, share some ideas, see what everyone's doing, get everyone in good shape, get a bit of sun. Um, and then, you know, the big days then only about a month away when we come back from that. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm really excited to just walk out, hear that roar from the crowd, hopefully, and uh, get going. How, when you're going to a training camp like that, do you separate out the mindset of swimmer and coach because as a part of me i'd like to go there as a you're there to focus as a swimmer but also right now you're a coach so there's a chance to be learning from the elite coaches and to take it back to your club so do you separate it out or do you go there and sponge every aspect um certainly in recent sort of trips i've tried to soak up information as and where i can you know mm. whereas before maybe i went on these teams and i wouldn't really talk to people um sort of like coaches support staff that stuff you just sort of keep yourself to yourself go about your day sort of trying to converse with people just understand their way of thinking behind things um just see where we you know have the same ideas or not the same ideas and you know Sometimes people want to talk to you. Some people, sometimes they don't, and that's you know that's fine. Um, and you know, it's just like I said to you earlier, just sort of trying to loosen, sort of loosen those boundaries a little bit. Everyone seems so constricted by mm. their own way of doing things that they don't want to let people in because um, they feel sort of maybe vulnerable by doing that. Um, that people are going to st steal something from them, but really, you're all trying to do the same thing, and not necessarily what you're doing is going to be beneficial for that person but you know something they might be doing might be beneficial for you so it goes both ways um yeah so you know try to soak up that knowledge when i can but probably when i go away this time it's going to be just swimming focused um because mm. sometimes i do find 
you just need to switch that coaching side of your brain off and just think about yourself for a little bit um, and I'll, I'll hope, hope, probably hope to do that when I'm away um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because that's I think that's what we've done with a lot of or given advice to some of these younger swimmers like Casey Shanahan, trying to learn that what they what she can from the London Raw swimmers and Ed Ed Mildred from London Raw as well. I think it's all about being mature. I think that just comes of age, trying to learn from the best. Um, what are your thoughts on the England team as a whole? Because I'm I'm thinking there's a good few medal opportunities up for grabs. I think it's a strong team. I think also you're probably going to see a few medals for GB that you won't, oh, sorry, not GB, for England, um, that you won't have seen for a very, very long time in some events. Mm. Um, you know, you're going to have your main guys doing what they do, but I think there's certainly going to be some some big swims come the summer. How much do you think having a home crowd and that extra level of support and encouragement will affect the team? Well, I think it's massive, um, but I really enjoy that type of thing. Like any sort of crowd, you know, gathering. Uh, and even when you're younger and you're at like a speedo or arena league, even that, you know, just having everybody cheering like really helps. But you know, I remember walking out at um, Glasgow, you know, and getting a massive cheer. And you know, it's, you know, it's it's Great Britain, but it's Scotland, not England. So you you never know how that was was going to go. But you know, they got right behind all the home nations, and. Mm. I just think it's going to, it'll go two ways for a lot of people. Some people will walk out, they'll heal the raw and they'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I'm ready to go. But then you're going to get a couple of people maybe who have never experienced it before, who may retreat a little bit. So it's maybe just understanding it's coming beforehand um, and then preparing yourself for it. Because for me, I just can't understand why that wouldn't get you going. It just, I think it's great, you know, in any sport, but especially for, for our sport where, you know, you go to nationals or British champs, and there's like ten people in the crowd. So yeah. you go to these bigger, bigger meets where everybody's behind it, and it shows what the sport can be, mm. and the environment you can get at the sport if you do everything correctly, and you know, don't half-ass it. So you've obviously found an enjoyment for swimming again, whether that's coaching, whether that's swimming. Are you looking to kind of continue after the Commonwealth Games for future international meets? Maybe ISL if it comes back in 2023. Um, what what's the plan yeah, well, past I mean, Birmingham? Well, I mean, yeah, I obviously I want the ISL to to get up and running, keep going, and then the plan is, you know, I'll do that as long as someone will have me on a team, hmm. as long as my body will keep up, as long as I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to keep that going. Um, but obviously, that's. You know, a bit of an if at the moment. Um, as for future future teams, um, personally, I can't see myself qualifying for anything else after this, um, just due to sort of the way I like schedule the training and stuff. Um, only really works for sort of short course or a fifty long course. I haven't really got the pool time to be able to push anything out for a, sort of like a hundred. Long you need to be doing more in the pool for that and I can't physically do that at the moment um, so unless they start putting sort of 50 flyers a qualifying time for Worlds then you know there's probably very little opportunity for me to, to qualify for, for anything else going forward but you know I'm fine with that to be honest uh, anything else I do now is a bonus so yeah World Short Course are in uh, Melbourne aren't they so maybe 
end of this year? Well, yeah, I'd love I'd I'd love to, but I think the chances of me going are pretty much zero. So uh, that's you know, British swimming don't like fifties, do they? So that's that's mainly the problem. Or, or people who can swim short course. <laughs> yeah, and that's why. Yeah. <laughs> one or two, one or two. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. You never know. I'll never say never, but I mean, uh, you know, the outcome is probably unlikely. You know, I'd love to. Love to, love to get out of there. I think results from the last World Short Course, I'd have been pretty competitive up there in a couple of events. Um, hopefully, you know, another year behind me, be mm-hmm. competitive in other events that I wanted to get back. Um, but you know, just have to wait and see. To be honest, well, you know, there's a lot of good ISL, swimmers really. in this country. Sorry, say again. Yeah. Sorry, fingers crossed on ISL. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, I, I, everything I've heard and everything I'm seeing, you know, the new new two guys come in um mm. i think i think it will get up and running again i can't see why not it's certainly for me it's the future of this sport um mm. you know i i had people you know obviously i, I was like asked my friends to watch it and i was like just just give it a go they're only interested in swimming is me you know and really that's not really they're interested you know really they're not interested mm. at all they're only do, watching it because i'm there i was like guys just you know just watch the whole match it's mm. you know see if you enjoy it and they were like you know what that was actually really good you know they re- they enjoyed it you know and these are just you know bog standard sort of like football fans basically tuning in to watch swimming but they were like no no it was good so if you can get people like that to watch it but mm. it's the exposure and you need it constantly otherwise yeah. Yeah. you know and you can't put it behind I don't, I don't think they help themselves putting it behind a paywall straight away you sort yeah. of needed to to get everyone in first and then start putting that sort of stuff on board but we'll see we'll see i'm hopeful yeah yeah definitely um kind of final question before quick fire um as yeah. a big talking point of this episode has been your comeback into swimming what would your advice be for someone who has stopped but is really thinking now is the time to get back in the water make sure you have a plan in place you know make sure you understand what you're doing um, like I said earlier, be flexible. Mm. Make sure you believe in what you're doing as well. You know, because you can come back and sort of not be fully into it. And then it's not really worth anybody's time if you're doing that. You know, you've, you've got to get back in and commit. Um, and you, you've got to find a way to make it work. You know, if you want to do it bad enough, you'll find a way to make it work. I don't necessarily mean you'll get get the success but you'll find a way to make everything fit so that you can do what you want to do um you know um I, you know my best bit of advice would be to just do it you know I, I sort of chose to do it when i did because it was off the back of covid mm. and it just seemed like the perfect opportunity there been a lot of people out the pool um sort of you know bar you know the top percentage who got to train but most people have been out of the pool it was a good time to get back in sort of see what happens no pressure go for it and see what happens mm. sound advice yeah yeah definitely so we do usually finish with some quick fire questions for every elite guest how does that sound for you go for it uh so what is your favorite event oh mm. i think if you'd asked me this question maybe eight years ago, I'd have said 200 freestyle short course. 
but now I'd probably say um, 100 freestyle short course mm. okay, at the okay. moment. Yeah. Uh, who is your swimming idol? Oh, um, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I was always a fan. He was a bit of a, you know, obviously he got the silver medal to Phelps in 2008, but I was always a fan of Cabbage. You know, I thought okay. the guy was so good at mm. 50, 100 fly and, you know, just unfortunate that probably the greatest swimmer of all time was was better than him, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm. Just kept it, touched him out on those key occasions. But I thought the guy was, you know, he was the only other guy to go 49 until sort mm. of the other guys have started been doing it recently. So I think he was, you know, he was one hell of a swimmer. Yeah, a little bit under the radar, maybe his uh, achievements yeah. in the sport. Sort of gets over, I think his achievements get overshadowed. Because, mm. you know, there's a, there's a couple of swimmers like that, you know. Think of people like Laszlo Che, who has oh, probably come so in second and, you know, <laughs> got so many medals in the bank. But no one really remembers how fantastic he was because he was around mm. with Phelps and Lochte. Mm. You know, yeah. but his longevity was, was incredible, you know. Yeah. What has been your proudest moment in swimming so far? Oh, um... I'd probably say um, in 2016, um, when I went away to the World Cups, um, I'd had a real bad couple of years in the pool. Sort of, I say real bad, like, you know, off the back of sort of 2014, sort of um, medals internationally, sort of didn't really kick on how I wanted to, and something just wasn't clicking. I was struggling in the pool for for a couple of years there, just environment wasn't right. What, what, you know, what we were trying to do wasn't working. So sort of took a bit of a gamble and a change after trials in 2016, um, sort of changed up sort of training environment and stuff. Um, took myself away to the world cups, um, and then sort of, and broke the British record for hundred fly short course when I was out there and, you know, dropped like a second on my PB. And I was like, yeah, cool. That, that was, it was worth it. It was worth it. You know, um, I put that up there and to be honest, um, the ISL stuff just before Christmas, winning that was really up there mm. for me, you know, to sort of come to sort of being like four or five months ago, not even really in the pool to ending the year on that. I mean, mm. you know, unbelievable, really. I mean, yeah. obviously I was part of a fantastic team and I did, I was like, just happy enough to do my part, but you know, that was, you know, that was real, real good fun. Uh, what's the hardest set you've ever done in training? Uh, when I was younger, the three 1000s fly. And that one always just sticks in, Oy. sticks in my head because we did it, we did it in a pool that was like 28 meters long. Oh, so okay. it was dreadful, okay. dreadful. Yeah, that, that one's, you know, that, I, but I'm talking, I must have been like 15 when I did that, you know, mm. um, sort of more, more like elite level swimming. Um, we used to do one that I was, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's a hard set, but it was always something I really enjoyed doing as well, which was like a series of like hundreds, 75s, 50s, 25s, you start off on like four and everything, then down to three, then down to two, then down to one, sort of like varying paces throughout a lot of best average type work into sort of like some hundred pace and some descending down 
Um, that one was always a, a beefy set. Um, and that was one I always sort of was able to, to get behind and get after as well. Uh, what is your pre-race song? I don't tend to listen to music um, before a race. Um, I tend to listen to it sort of when I'm doing my land warm-up beforehand, but then when I get in for um, get into the pool for my warm-up, I don't really listen to music then from then on. Um, just trying to think... Um, at the moment, I'm sort of into a bit of just like 80s rock music at the moment. Just trying to find something. Can't at go top wrong. Of my head. No. I, don't. <laughs> I was listening to a bit of um, uh, Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow the other day. Oh, yeah. That was one. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so, sort of something like that a little bit. And, um, you know, anything really. But I, I don't tend to listen to it right before, personally. Do you know what? That's the that's the most common answer we've had when we've asked that question to any swimmer that's come on. I think this all these headphones coming onto poolside is all a myth. No one's actually yeah, listening I, to music. I mean, I'd, I'd much prefer probably listening to like a podcast or something as I was walking out rather than actually yeah. listening to, to, to music. Um, I tend to try and stay as relaxed as I possibly can be in the cool room. Mm. I think if I start getting really up for it, you know, some people really need that. Whereas for me, I always felt... The you know, more relaxed I am, sort of the more ready I am to go, sort of thing. I don't want to waste too much energy beforehand. I think if mm. it's a home competition as well with the crowd, you want to be able yeah. to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Get, that, you know, get the you want to hear the, the roar ready of for. Yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. And final question, which is always a little bit left field: If you were to go on a road trip, there's three spaces in the car. You can take friends, family, celebrities, anyone you want. Who would you take with you? So I'm a big Liverpool fan. And I'd love to just speak to Jurgen Klopp, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> just get him in the car. I'd love like to have that. a chat with him, just see how his brain works. I think the guy's, you know, incredible. Especially um, after this season as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I just think the way the way he goes about doing things is just, mm. you know, he's a, he's a manager of people before he's a manager of football. And, you know, I think that's mm. a, a key, key skill that you can't... Mm. Um, you can't miss and um i don't know to be honest to the others probably take my dog <laughs> he's up he's up, here, he's up here with me he snuck up a few minutes ago um yeah um i don't know about a third um off the top of my head um that's all right it's, it's a it's a good question to ask people because you always get to know them just that little bit more get yeah, a little bit yeah. in, more insight into them yeah i mean um, i guess maybe someone from like maybe like proper ancient history just to like pick their brain and just understand what was going on back then. Um, yeah. But, you know, God knows who that would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode. I, I think it's added so much value, not just for swimmers, but certainly for coaches as well, especially if they have been ex-swimmers. I think there's some really important lessons that everyone can take away. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, lots of messages to take away for hopefully all of our listeners, especially if you're one of those people that are thinking of coming back into the sport. Um, yeah, listen to Adam's advice because it's pretty sound. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Best of luck for this summer as well at Commonwealth oh, Games. You. Yes. Thank you very yes, much. So that just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so on YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And me and Dan will be back in seven days' time. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next one. 
You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.